And it's Dan and James talking about the Villa games. Hi there, everybody, and welcome back to the AVFC Faithful YouTube channel. It's the AVFC Faithful podcast, Dan and James talking about the Villa games. It's all a bit rusty to me. It feels like just saying before, and it feels like it's been about a year since I've been on here. Um, yeah. How are you doing, James? Uh, coming down with a bit of a cold, I think, but other than that, I'm, I'm good, and I enjoyed... Well, I didn't get to watch it, but I enjoyed the result of the weekend, so... Oh, well, it was it was a it was a it was a nice little Sunday, Saturday treat. So I'm so used to it being on Sunday that I woke up on the yeah. Saturday. I was like, I can't wait till tomorrow to watch. So I was like, well, three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. Thank you very much. I uh, set me up nicely for the Saturday. Well, it, one of those, isn't it? It was. Uh, I think we. I don't. Know if we got to speak about it too much before the international break. But I think I mentioned that Palace was one of those teams where. You feel comfortable, and then the closer it gets, you kind of get more anxious about that sort of team. Sort of Palace, West Ham. Uh, there's yeah. someone else that's in my head. I think it might be. I think it was when we used to play uh, Baggies. Baggies was one of those as well. It seemed like. Always, I don't like, but to be honest, there's quite a few teams that I don't like coming up against. It's just. They come, like... they look better the closer they come to you. But the thing, well. The the power of this league at the moment, you can look at any game and say, oh, they've, it, most teams have got some sort of quality to at least catch you, you know, catch you cold at times. So yeah, I do look at some games and think it's a banana skin. Or generally, when you come against the top sides, the cities, Liverpool's, Arsenal's, it's like you know you're going to have to be at the top of your game to beat them as it is. But Palace, I think uh, I didn't realise how good they were defensively this season. I think I think before yeah. us they've got something like the third best defensive record this season, and then. I mean, you, you could see that. I I did watch the game back, like most mostly on the Sunday, yeah, yesterday, and um, yeah, you can see they've got a good defence. That they're, they're organised well, and we we were playing obviously a bit different to how we usually play in terms of setup. So it didn't look hundred percent natural at times. It looked a bit, um, it did looked new to the players, but on the whole, we did you know generally control that game and. I think on the balance of play, we, we deservedly won that game. Um, even if we did leave it pretty late with what was about what ten minutes of chaos, yeah, just over ten minutes, yeah. But you know, the results the the main thing in the end, and Villa Park is becoming uh, a bit of a fortress in it. Yeah, it's that ten games in a row unbeaten at Villa Park. I mean, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because I, I saw a lot of people after the game saying about how quote unquote bad we were playing. It wasn't like a bad performance. It was just, again, that sort of, it was one of those games where it got to half time and you felt we're either going to storm the second half or we're going to concede early on because we controlled the game, controlled the narrative, but we conceded a couple chances where you're thinking, oh, they're enough to threaten them. And we missed a couple chances that we like, you know, like you should be scoring. Every team misses easy chances, but it was as soon as they scored after the half time, it was just that feeling of, oh, you know, They'll come to rue the mistakes missed. Football manager quote at the bottom of the screen. I remember seeing all the time whenever Docu misses for me. It's uh, it's one of those where I what I was watching the game with like a keen eye on several players this time because obviously Moreno was back on the bench and I was quite interested how Luca Dean played. Luca Dean, um, and Torres had a a, a less strong game on their side than we're used to seeing. But it doesn't mean they were bad. They were just not as dominant as they had been. But again, 
I was obviously staring at Douglas Louise, like the magnificent man he is, because he just he controls that game so well in the middle. And he was orchestrating everything we went forward. A couple of times he decided to just flick the ball over the uh the palace midfielders' heads, which is quite enjoyable. Yeah. Again again looked quite comfortable. Um sort of getting himself around the place. But I think I think the thing I wanted to focus on more was the fact that I think a lot of people got worried because it was quite samey in their eyes. Obviously, every attack was pretty similar. It was a diagonal ball out to the right, or it was through across to Luca Dean and then put into the box. Not much too happening there. But it kind of felt like that was sort of designed for the way Palace were playing. I mean, it, it came off in the end. But I don't I don't know what you thought about that, because it was sort of just watching it, it was sort of the idea that it was like death by a thousand cuts to them and they were just gonna keep like how to pass it around, we were sort of crossing yeah. it around. Well, because Palace are quite, um, as I say, defensively structured well, they're quite deep and compact. You rely on the width quite a lot. So then obviously when their width is is Cash and, and Dean, Dean's good with space crossing and Cash is good at crashing the box late and, you know, driving forward with not much te- technical ability. So you've not got like those wingers per se that, you, you put them out wide and they're really good in 1v1 situations. Whereas last season, even though it was inconsistent, you had Bailey on one side and Moreno on the other side who yeah. can beat the man, even if in Bailey's case, it's not that consistent. When you've got like, you want wingers to do a wingers job basically. Whereas if you've got wing backs, you're relying on wide overloads more than anything instead of individual performances. So I think when you spread it out wide, and it doesn't really come to much other than backwards and then central and stuff. Yeah, it can look a bit turgid, but I think they were just really patient, to be honest. And I think another player that I thought was interesting to watch was Saniolo, because if anything, he almost looks like mentally in his head a step ahead of other players. And I think either the the others have got to get onto his wavelength or he's got to drop down to theirs, in a sense, because there's a couple of neat flicks he tried to do where... No one was anticipating it, particularly Dean, who was a bit flat-footed at times. Whereas yeah. if it, if that comes off, there's a lot of space to break into, and that's one of those like manufactured transitions that Emery likes to create. So, yeah, there was there was just a couple of I think moments where something could have been done a bit quicker, or there could have been a bit more conviction about the play. But in general, I think you know when you've you, you're facing a really solid team and you play in a different way than you usually are. And, you know, you've got a couple of players out, if, it, if we're comparing to last season, that would make a difference in these sort of games with Moreno and Ramsey. Then I think it was it was how we ended that game with the changes was really key to, to the season, even. Because it was a bit similar to the Liverpool game earlier in the day. And they made the changes and their quality like shone through late on in the end. And then they took the game to them, just like we did with, with Palace. And... You know, you bring on John Duran and you float a ball into him and then he has a moment of magic like that. It just changes the game. And that did show the quality that we do have in our ranks and that's going to yeah. be really key this season to to not just be able to have depth, but have different depth. And I've, I've said that for like months now with how we're addressing the squad, bringing in something different. The same with how we brought in Torres and he's not the same player as Mings. He's not this defensive, you know, beast and... But he excels on the ball and he creates loads of openings and chances. And I mean, his pass for the uh, disallowed Diaby goal was amazing. Yeah. So you know, it, it it's working with different dyma- dynamics now. And 
I think, given the context of we're sort of in a transition this season, trying to head towards a different way of playing, I genuinely think that this start to the season has been good. You know, a couple of defeats where you think we should have been more competitive, but generally we've beaten teams that we should, well, you'd, you'd think that they're winnable. And then the tougher games we've lost and we've breezed through qualification for for the Conference League. So I think in general, with what we're doing and a couple of big absentees, I think it's been a good start to the season. Yeah, I, you can't really complain, can you? Like on Zaniolo, again, watching him, I think a couple of people were a bit unhappy with the way that obviously he was carrying the ball and then taking it for himself. I quite enjoyed it, to be honest. We don't see too much of that. Um, I know it's not really the style we play. That's probably why we don't see it too much. But I don't don't see too much of a problem with it. It wasn't like he was taking it forward from a stupid angle and then it blazed at Mars over the bar. He was he was always creating something, which I quite like to see. I mean, he should have had an assist um for the ball he played through to Mike Cash, which obviously he scuffed through. Um a lively performance for his home debut. You can't really ask for too much more. I mean, it's his second time in the Premier League. Uh so uh, it's a it's a it's a strange system where Obviously, you have got players like Diaby, who's just setting the world absolutely alight whenever he plays for us now, which is brilliant to see. Um, but then you kind of get the the conversation with about Tielemans as well. Tielemans obviously came on, um, just a, probably a slow minute or two minutes when he first came on, a little bit sort of slow to react to things, and then he plays two brilliant balls through to completely change the game as well. So, like you said, it's the it's the quality we've got on the bench and. I mean, we're playing two goalkeepers again on the bench and we've still got the, the depth on there to, to change the game like we did. Durant's goal, we've got to talk about it. I mean, it just... <laughs> the man is quickly becoming one of my most favourite people to watch as soon yeah. as he's on the pitch. I mean, he puts himself about... At one stage, I thought he got booked twice um, without getting sent off, which was quite entertaining. Um, because obviously I had a feeling that he might get sent off before he scores a Premier League goal. He's now on two for the season already. Um, it's ridiculous finish, absolutely ridiculous. I, I, I haven't watched every goal from the Premier League this weekend because just haven't. Um, but I, I'm nearly certain there wasn't a better one this weekend. Yeah, there wasn't in my eyes. Like, it's it's the technique of it. I tweeted about this literally earlier. It's. He's, he's took that ball down. Most players take that ball when it's on the on the way down. He yeah. laid bounce. It was bouncing upwards, and he managed to keep the ball down when he struck it, and generate so much power without too much backlift. Really, it was incredible. Like that's a really world class finish, um, and it's a big reason why I thought like a a sort of mobile target man might have been someone that we brought in this season because I didn't think Duran might be ready. I thought we might see him out on loan this season. Yeah, clearly Emery sees that raw talent that you can harness, and and he's he's got that shot power. We've seen it before. We've seen it at City on his on his debut. Yeah, of course. That, off the bar, that's sort of you know that's going to be really really big for us, I think, because when you have a different dynamic, that's like he's basically a bottle of coke that you shove Mentos in, shake it up, and throw it on the pitch. He is literally just pure chaos. Yeah, he's not just like the the ability, but he's happy to scrap with anyone. And that might not be everyone's cup of tea, but that sort of character, you know, I mean, it can, it can backfire on you, but quite often it can work in your favour because he's a handful for defenders. They're constantly thinking about him in that sense. So it creates space for players then. I I really like him. And I think 
we still need to be patient with him. I think he needs to still slowly be brought in towards the start. I don't think it's time for him to start a game yet. Uh, I know that people think that he's already much better than Watkins, which I, I'm losing patience with the Watkins argument. And I, I understand he's not been um, not been good enough in terms of some of his finishing this season. But I honestly, I know that opinion changes as soon as he scores three in a row. You know, what I mean, it's just he he's got. You can tell he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders at the moment, wanting that goal. You could see he sort of snatched at that. That it's not an easy chance, but you know he could have been a bit more composed when he was basically gifted the ball. But what he adds to the team is 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 incredible. So I am sure that he's going to be scoring loads of goals this season. Still, I think he's the highest xG that he's he's racked up without scoring out of anyone this season, and he'll cash it in. It's just like Brighton a couple of seasons ago when everyone was saying, you know, oh, yeah, you're racking all up with XG, but you ain't getting the results. And then the next season, it was the other way around. It, it clicks. It does. Once you start taking those chances that are less scorable, you know, you hit form just like it did last season and it, it will happen again. I think with Watkins, the only thing I look at for him, again, I, I, I'm completely with you on the side. I know exactly what he brings to his team. Uh, you can't take him out of it for me. Um, I don't think Duran does the same job that he does. Uh, I know a lot of people will listen to that and go, oh, what job does Ollie Watkins do? He doesn't score goals. Again, I mean, it kind of shows that you're kind of not watching the games. Ollie Watkins obviously does produce so much for us going forward. He makes the runs that we need to run. We don't win that penalty if the ball's played through to another striker. Um, I do genuinely believe that Ollie Watkins is a big reason for the fact that we win games. Uh, my main worry for him is that if he keeps having seasons where he's slow um, or not cashing in the goals, which he quite clearly should be cashing in at times, but the, I guess the XG that he is racking up, um, it comes a time where next summer, if there's options around, you could see the club moving on, cashing in on him because he's, I mean, we don't know what's going on with the contract situation. I think a lot of Villa fans are, they focus so heavily on contract talk that, I mean, I can't count to you. And I know we chat too much about Twitter. I can't count to you how many tweets I've seen of his head is clearly turned. I mean, I've got the feeling it's probably not. I mean, okay, maybe it is. Maybe he has had, this contract has been sat there for quite a while. Um, I can't remember who it was, was tweeting that we're not really sure what's going on with it. It's been, it's somewhere in there. I can't remember who it was. Um, was saying that they know that the contract was there and it wasn't on about. I think people are more seeing that and they're deciding from that that he's not giving his all on the pitch, which I don't really buy into. Um, but again, I was chatting to um, the guy I was watching the game with on Saturday and I was saying the problem is, is we can all see what he brings, but all it takes is, for example, a slump like he goes through the confidence drops and the club look elsewhere. And I don't really want that for him because I think he deserves to be playing for us. I think he deserves to be playing at the level he is. And I think he is progressing with the club at the same time. Um, it's just, it's, I think it's just one of those things. I think fans are always going to get annoyed when your striker isn't scoring. They, they, it's like, a, you know, it's just the way it is, isn't it? People are so engrossed with striker must score goals that because he's not, he must be crap, which... Again, I don't think it is. I just think that he, he gets these slumps. And he's such a confidence-based striker that I, ju- I just I just worry for him more than anything. Really, I, I'm not worried about what he brings for us. He brings more than enough for the for the team that we don't. It will be different if we lost games because of his misses. 
Uh, and I think at the moment he's he's bought himself enough goodwill with the games that we've won because of him that I can kind of look past it. I mean, for those that have seen it, Harlem missed, was it three sitters on Saturday? Strikers do miss. Um, he's not even as good as Haaland and he's missing. So I'm not too worried. If we get to 10 games in and he's still on zero goals and three assists, then okay, I'll be worried then. And then I'll, there'll be questions asked, but I don't see that happening. Like you said, he, he's going to cash it in and he, he has, we, everyone knows he's got the ability to turn it on. And as soon as, as soon as he hits in, in the Premier League, I think it's going to be fine. And I think we could see on Thursday, if he starts, I could see him bagging a couple there. Cause I mean, it's not like he's not scored at all, is it? No, he's he scored a hat trick already this season, and yeah, it was against Tibbs, but that showed you what he does when he is given more clear cut chances in a game. And you know, we 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 share these goals around quite a lot now. Yeah, and I think whether he starts or not on Thursday, I'm not sure. Um, I, I think it's hard to say, isn't it? Because Legia Warsaw is not an easy place to to go. No. Um, they've got a really good home record. The atmosphere around it—it's a new, new sort of thing for us. And obviously, you've only had the four days break, and then you're thinking about Sunday as well. And Sunday is a game where I could see Watkins scoring. He's, you know, Chelsea in it. The past, the past does say that you know he turns up against the the top sides, the the top sides, which I don't know if we can call Chelsea that right now. But you know what I mean. So it it's. Um, yeah, I'm not worried about it. I can I understand people's frustration when he's not he's not finishing as well as he sure Dan can. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not. Pers- I don't think he's had his head turned. I don't think I think it does happen with players. But I think he knows where he could achieve, and I think he knows that if a team come with the right money for him, he could go and he would want to go. And I think the professionalism of most players nowadays, they just crack on with it. And it's not like he doesn't look bothered to me. I, I you can tell he looks bothered, in my opinion. He, he puts in a lot of effort in every game. And the the thing that's always gone around is how he doesn't celebrate other people's goals. Like, so he wants to score every goal himself. That's why. You know, he, there's games where he does celebrate with the, with the team. And it's usually when he's already scored. It's all it is. It's He's he's stroppy when he doesn't get to score. And that's that's a good thing. You want yeah. your striker to be hungry for the, those goals. And they'll come. And the more chances that we create, the the more he's going to end up scoring. And as I say, I think he'll still have a similar sort of season again this this season, I think. And those goals are vital to us, not as well as what he offers. So, but yeah, Thursday will be interesting to see who starts, not just up front, but in general. I, I do expect a pretty strong team. Yeah, I, I um, just the final thing on Watkins is um, it doesn't really make sense because if his head was turned and not putting in the performances, he doesn't get the move. So, that argument's always been null and void to me. It only makes sense yeah. if it's happening during a transfer window that that happens. So, yeah, I, 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 it's funny to me. And again, the goal celebration one, I mean, he just wanted to get the ball so that we went back and won the game when Durant scored. I think yeah. that was it. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think if I was Unai Emery, which I'm not, um, and if I'm in his brain, I, I'm thinking that you start your Europa League... Europe Conference League campaign off with a strong win away from home, and I think he, yeah, I think he does go. Probably not the fullest strength. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Dean start, and then yeah, Moreno start on Sunday. Um, 
but I do think I think because obviously you've got a, a, a bigger squad list to take as well. Um, I really do think we'll see a, a, a strong lineup, one strong enough to beat Legia Warsaw, and one that's that's going to give these players the minutes in Europe that they need. Because at the end of the day, you can't really play six group games, but play five of them with a weaker team, and then expect yeah. your strongest team to perform in Europe later on in the stages. Not, it's not a Carabao Cup, for example. It's not, it's not standard opponents. So. Yeah, I think it, 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 you'd have to go. I mean, it, it, this is important. This is really important to us. We want to be finishing top of the group and, and going. We want to be winning this tournament. So, I, I'd yeah. rather see uh, you want to see your strongest team. You want to see every game your strongest players play. Of course, you want to see a little bit of youth in there. Always, it's always nice to see. It's it sort of cheers you up and makes you think about the future and all. But I wouldn't even really be pushing for them this Thursday. Later on in the group stages is fine, but just start as you mean to go on. I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You you need to lay down a good foundation to the start of the the groups, and I think I think it'll be um, a hard fought one one or two nil win on Thursday. I don't don't expect anything spectacular. I think it's going to be, as I say, a tough tough place to go, and I think we'll just have to be on our game, score early, you know, do what we do best, and try and control the game, um, and then on to Sunday and. and at Stamford Bridge, I think it's it's an interesting game that is because they're they're a side that look very very unsure at the moment. Chelsea, mm. it looks like you can get at them, and it also looks like you can stop them relatively easy. So that that will be a, a that would be a big three points still if we can get them. So I'm looking forward to that game as well. Oh, well I don't think I'm able to watch it because I'll be travelling back. So that is what it is. I'll have it on the radio probably. Oh, it's it's an interesting dynamic for us, isn't it? We're not used to this. I was saying before, thinking about oh, the fact that we've got to think about Sunday because we're travelling back from Europe and it's a our first game post Europe, and you're thinking, well, should be Chelsea that's worrying about that, not us really. But it's a it's a nice problem to have. Um, apart from the bad problem, which is obviously the fact that it's a two o'clock kickoff, which isn't televised because it's a moved fixture due to European games, which is going to be a bit of a headache for the rest of the season. But it's a good headache to have again. So. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Because, it, I mean, I, I, you only really have it with like Carabao or FA Cup games, but you're thinking about two, fi- you're thinking two fixtures ahead already, and then then you're thinking about next week or the next group stage game. It, it is exciting, but again, it, it is so confusing. It causes so much issues. Chelsea just look toothless. Um, I mean, uh, uh, they have been unlucky at times, I guess, hitting the post and stuff, but they just don't. I mean. Someone tweeted it perfectly. You go through a whole summer trying to sell Conor Gallagher and then you make him your captain for a game is so confusing. And it just, I mean, I, I can't really remember my season predictions. I think I probably got Chelsea and Spurs the wrong way around. But for as good as manager as Poch is, you can't have that many players brand new and expect them all to settle. And that squad on paper looks like a great squad in probably five years. Um, like a, a a really strong squad of five, but right now that team is just not ready to be where it needs to be, and and our squad is. Our squad's got the cohesion you need to play a game like that, and I, I strongly believe that Paul Torres is going to be the centre back we need for the rest of the season. I think all he needs is adaptation to the strength of the game in the Premier League, and he's going to be a world beater for us. Um, he dominated that game on Sunday, on Saturday, and he probably will be one of the players to help dominate it for us on Sunday if we get more of the ball, which you kind of don't too... You wouldn't think going to Stamford Bridge you will get more of the ball, but I think it's going to be a lot harder fought than we think, and 
I agree with you against Leggy. I, I do think it's only going to be a one or two nil, um, possibly a two one. I wouldn't be surprised, um, just because of the just how loud it's going to be there. I wouldn't be surprised if just the force of shouts push the ball into the net. Um, but yeah, looking looking at Sunday, man, your your brain tells you to go smart and go like a a, a one all or like a a one nil, but. It just feels like a, like a, a two nil or a three nil away win, and like a a, a a proper Unai Emery away from home. I mean, we beat him two 0 last year. Yeah, we got to improve right. that. Yeah, I mean, if anything, he probably should go if we don't win by more than two nil because it's not progress. <laughs> yeah, I think it's 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 one of those. I think that Chelsea have the players that on the on their day they could. Get a couple past you. It just not hasn't it hasn't clicked yet, and it doesn't look like it's as you say. It doesn't look cohesive. But you know they've still got really threatening players, especially Sterling's look really good this season. So yeah. that's going to be a really tough battle down the left because if it is if it is Dean still starting and Torres on that side, then you know the the pace of Sterling's going to have to. It's going to be a really big threat. I wouldn't be surprised if the lines drop just a little bit again. Um, but we'll see. I think. I do. I, I would predict a, a win, or, or at very least a point. And now I've said that they probably will win, but um, just how it works, it, it, it does feel like a, a fixture that, at the moment, I feel like we're, we're pretty good favourites for it after the start of the season that we both had. So I'd probably go with. I'll, I'll go with the one nil. I think fixture pileup does already start to to come into play, and I think is it the. Is the Carabao Cup next week as well? Or... Uh, yeah, yeah, midweek, yeah. isn't it, against Everton? Yeah, so, you know, we've got a lot of football coming up. It, it's about dealing with that, not not just, you know, blowing teams away each, each week and every every game being perfect. And, you know, the business end of the season is from, from January onwards anyway. That's when I think you start to see, you know, momentum and form uh, lasting long-term. So, just like last season. And we'll, we will see. I think Christmas... Time and February to, to the end of the season is, is a really big time. Um, so starting starting relatively well is is a big positive. I mean, Christmas is wild for us fixture list wise. Um, I'll be honest; I've already gone through and tried to figure out how on earth we're going to make the podcast for it because it's going to be absolutely chaotic. Um, yeah. But great chaotic, I mean, it's what we wanted, isn't it? So, um, yeah. I'm just yeah, thinking okay. then. Um, I don't think I I don't think I want to see John Duran start yeah. on Thursday because um I don't know how he's going to react to uh to the just the chaos of that game and how Leggy Warsaw is going to be he's either he'd either score a hat trick or he would probably break someone's leg um just or both. A, break someone's leg while scoring a hat trick uh, yeah. as the third one goes in wouldn't surprise me with him um just a lovable maniac he probably would have been a great goalkeeper to be honest. Yeah, yeah, a bit psychopathic, and he, he, I wouldn't say that to him, but he's just he's on it. And but then again, that's the love of the game, and it, and that's that's the things you want. You want to get carried away with it. I mean, yeah, you do. I'm just gonna say what everyone else says. It does feel his game style feels a bit Benteke-ish, and I I can't not love that because love Benteke, absolutely love yeah, it. It's it's Benteke sort of similarly, but with a bit more. South American aggression and yeah, yeah, we really love that about it. So it will be interesting to see what sort of season he has now. I think he's got the tools and he's had the start and he's got the confidence now that you know he could he could bag a few goals, but let's not go overboard and think that it's like fifteen plus goals. If he does that, 
that's incredible. Um, but yeah, yeah, just what what he can offer to the team in general is going to be you know really useful. So it will be good to see how he develops um, throughout the season. Definitely, it's just exciting, isn't it? And it, it, you you got to enjoy these things because that's sort of what football's all about is having these exciting little prospects to to keep an eye on. I mean, just looking forward to Thursday now. Um, I mean, you've got a a fun situation to navigate around watching the game for a bit a bit more difficult than me. You've just got to get home in time. Um, yeah, I've, I've got a you know it's my daughter's fourth birthday, so she's going to have to do something else for ninety minutes or something. So <laughs> you know. Fine. It's not like it's like a prime time. It's not like two o'clock, is it, where it's prime time. It's sort of a nice be, cosy time, right. isn't it? Yeah, so that'll be fine. She can stay up late and watch a film. Well, I'll make it up to her. There you go. Let's see. Compromise. That's what it's all about. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Well, everyone traveling out, if you are listening to this, enjoy it. Um, be safe. <laughs> Rather yeah. you than me this week, because uh, I don't think I'd uh don't think I cope too well over there, but um, it'll be it'll be fun. Just enjoy it because that what, what we've been waiting for on it for so long, and uh, I believe in Unai and everyone going to Stamford Bridge. Enjoy that as well. Don't have to be as careful there, I guess. Just you know, be careful that the <laughs> prawn sandwiches don't eat you on the way out. That's all. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Right. Well, enjoy it, everyone. Here's to uh, six points, three in Europe, and three on Sunday. Up the That'd villa. be lovely. Up the villa.